that uh, God would bless me with uh, a greater awareness than ever before of the real meaning of Christmas and Christ coming to earth. And um, God gave me a little present yesterday that I did not expect. A Ferrari. No, I'm just teasing her. All right. Here's the present God gave me. We, we have three children. They're all grown. They all have families of their own. And they were all with their in-laws yesterday because they were all at our house for Thanksgiving. Well, we were together on Thanksgiving anyway. We were actually in Disneyland, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Um, so yesterday, no presents to open. And that was a great thing. I wasn't prepared for it to be as great as it was. Because for me, it left, it left me with the day sort of undiluted with the opening of presents and focusing on what I gave and what I got and who got what and all that kind of stuff. And it was just a day of just being together with the family. It was a day of relaxation. It was a day of enjoyment. And in the end, um, it was a day of sort of getting me pumped up and excited about preaching for you this morning. And the message that uh, I, I have to deliver this morning is one that I am super excited about. It is a Christmas message, and I pray, I pray that it's ex- as exciting for you uh, to receive it as it is for me to give. Remind a little bit of the public speaker who said, you know, it's my job to speak and yours to listen. So if you get done before I do, would you let me know? <laughs> Hopefully, we'll conclude at the same time. That would be a great thing. So I want to welcome you to church. I, I realize that on this day after Christmas that we have quite a few people in our audience this morning who are guests, maybe a higher uh, number than usual. And uh, so I have a couple things to say to you. Uh, Even if uh, you aren't all that excited about being here, I want to challenge you for the next uh, 25 or 30 minutes uh, to give God a chance to speak into your life because I I don't believe it was by accident that you're here. God wouldn't bring you here without something to say to you. I also want you to know that um, this is just as much your community of faith this morning as it is ours. Because uh, God doesn't love any of us any more than he would love anybody who's here for the very first time. So we invite you along on that journey. I I want to invite you uh, to open up your programs. On the inside of your programs, you're going to find... You're going to find some teaching notes, fill-in-the-blank style teaching notes. And uh, so I I want to help you with that. You can fill in the blanks as we go along. You can take them home with you. We would encourage you to do that. And I would encourage you to read through them at least once during the week uh, because I'm going to give you a lot of material this morning and uh, it will be very helpful for you. It's a very practical way of incorporating Christmas into our lives. So I want to start with a couple of, of questions. You notice that the title of our sermon series is Best Year Ever. So the first thought question I would have is this. How could 2011 be my best year ever? That's something that's worthy of some thought. Especially if it has the possibility of being true. How can I make the coming year the best year of my life so far? I told you a while ago I was going to tell you about Disneyland, so here you go. On Thanksgiving, Monica and I were privileged to have uh, 
our family and grandkids, a bunch of us down at Disneyland. You know what its other name is? It's the what kind of kingdom? Magic Kingdom. You ever wonder why it's called the Magic Kingdom? Well, it's not just because there's all sorts of sort of astounding things that take place there. But have you ever noticed that Disneyland has a way of sort of casting a spell of goodness over people who go there? It's amazing. Grumpy people become nice. Now, it's only for a day, but it's amazing how that happens. And impatient people become patient. It's, it's truly, in that sense, a magical kingdom. Now, the question I have is, how different would my life be if somehow Disneyland could expand its borders to include Petaluma. And we could live in that environment where we were greeted and everybody was happy to see us and everybody had a smile on their face and no, no one could come in there and mistreat anybody and, 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 and we could just live in that environment. That would be a dream, wouldn't it? Yeah. Even those of us who are big kids would love that. Now here's the second thought question. Because the answer to the first one is found in this. The first question was, how could 2011 be my best year ever? And the second question is, what if I could become a citizen of a kingdom that Jesus ruled? Would that be better than Disneyland? What do you think? Absolutely way better than Disneyland. And did you know that's really the message of Christmas? You know, there was, it was for good reason that the angels sang peace on earth, goodwill toward men. There's good reason for us to sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Why? Well, I, I want to point you to some truths about the kingdom of Jesus. And I, and I want to stir in us this idea that I could be and I could live in the kingdom that Jesus rules. And if I would do that, you know, Disneyland is right here on earth, correct? Did you know the kingdom of Jesus is right here on earth? Right now? And if we choose to be part of it, it's not just a spell of goodness that comes over us, but something far deeper and far greater than that. And that's what I want to, um, I just want to get in and break out for us this morning. So I'm going to teach us four messages that Jesus gives us about his kingdom, three messages he gives us about the culture of his kingdom, and then one final message that Jesus gives us about his kingdom. So are you ready to write? Here we go. Message number one. Jesus would tell us, I came to extend the borders of my personal kingdom over the earth. In fact, here's how he said it. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news of what? The good news of what? The kingdom. Yes. That's Jesus' kingdom. He's saying, I've got some good news. Earth is being reclaimed 
as a territory of heaven. That's big stuff. And Jesus said, I have a kingdom. And my kingdom is firmly established in heaven. It's a beautiful and wonderful kingdom that, that's wonderful beyond anything you can imagine. And I want you to know my kingdom is coming to earth. And in fact, he said in Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is where? Among you. I'd be willing to bet you that there are people that live in Anaheim who have never been to Disneyland. And they could walk there. And isn't it amazing that there are people who live right here on planet Earth and the kingdom of God is among us, but they don't have a clue. They've never become part of it. They've never jumped into this kingdom. And did you know that's the reason that Jesus came to earth? That's why He left heaven and came to earth. It wasn't just to die, although that was an important part of the kingdom. But Jesus left heaven and came to earth because He had a wonderful announcement to make. And that is, I have good news for the citizens of earth who have been trapped in the power of sin and who live in a place where people are abused and mistreated and, 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 the, and people are dying of poverty and sickness. I have good news. I have come to expand the borders of my kingdom to include earth. That's pretty good stuff, don't you think? That's awesome stuff. Yeah. And the kingdom of heaven is here. So that's the first message that Jesus would give. I'm coming with my kingdom. Second message that Jesus gives us about his kingdom is this. My kingdom is a kingdom where every citizen begins with forgiveness. When you and I decide to become a part, when we decide to become citizens of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the first thing He does is He brings into our life this wonderful concept of forgiveness. In fact, here's what the Bible says about this. Jeremiah the prophet, looking way ahead to the time that Jesus would come, said, They will not, not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord. In fact, that's a message that we get to give here every Sunday. And that message is God wants to know you and God's eager for you to know Him. And those of you who are Christians, I don't have to stand up here and say, you should know the Lord, get on with it. Because you have come that you might know Him and you are getting to know Him better. That's what we explore every Sunday at church. It's what we explore in our life groups. We're getting to know God. He says, they won't, they won't have to teach that anymore. Why? For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already. And what comes about because of that? And I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Now, just prior to Christmas... We saw plenty of commercials, and the commercials would, would say, in effect, you know, a limited time offer. It's going to run out on December 24th and, and get ready for it because now we have limited time offers between now and New Year's, right? Because our not-so-limited time offers are probably not-so-limited time. But God has an offer, Jesus has an offer, and it's a limited time offer. And it's limited by only two things, the length of your life and the timing of His return. And it's an offer of forgiveness. You know why? I want you to know this. 
that the kingdom of Jesus is a completely sinless kingdom. Now there's good news in that and there's bad news in that. The good news in that is because it's a completely sinless kingdom, it's going to be different than earth. By the way, if Disneyland was just like all the rest of the world, no one would go there, correct? Yeah. If people were mean and ornery and nasty and they made fun of each other and they hit each other and people got drunk in there and so forth, no one would go to Disneyland. Why? It wouldn't be a magical kingdom. It would be like the rest of the earth. So the good news is, Jesus says, my kingdom is going to be a completely sinless kingdom so no one is ever abused and no one is ever made fun of and no one is ever lied to and no one is ever cheated, no one is ever stolen from. It's going to be a completely sinless kingdom. There is, however, one slight problem with that. Only sinless people get there. Sometimes people say to me, Pastor, how many sins does it take to keep you out of heaven? And the answer is only one. Because if God were to let one sin into heaven, you know what would happen? It would eventually be like earth. So there's only two ways to get to heaven. Number one, live a completely sinless life. You're right. We're all disqualified, correct? Yeah. And number two, have your sins completely forgiven. And you know what the message of Christmas is? They can be. Yeah. Message number three. My kingdom is a kingdom where citizens aren't just forgiven. They're what? Transformed. In fact, here's what the Bible says. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? A new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God. You know, write this down in your notes. Once you decide to become a citizen of Jesus' kingdom, He starts preparing you for that kingdom immediately. You know what else I wrote in my notes? Nothing is off limits to God's Spirit. And those of you who have become Christians, you know what that's all about. You make a decision to follow Christ and right away He goes to work on some area of your life that you know isn't right. And usually He picks the toughest area first. Yeah. Sure. And He works on it. And He begins to transform that. And he, then you're not only forgiven of that sin, but you are delivered from it. So it no longer has a grip on you. And it no longer dominates your life. Why? Because He's preparing you for His coming kingdom. He's getting you ready. He doesn't just leave you as you are until someday you die and then miraculously you're transformed. He starts preparing you today. And by the way, that's why your life improves when you become a citizen of Christ's kingdom. That's how 2011 can be your best year ever because you're being transformed. Message number four. My kingdom is a kingdom that is eternal. In fact, here's, here's what, and you will recognize this from uh, Handel's Messiah and the Hallelujah Chorus. The kingdoms of this world have become what? 
the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Didn't Jesus come to say, I'm extending the borders of my kingdom to go over all the earth? The kingdoms of this earth have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And then what does it say? And he shall reign how long? Forever and ever. I wrote this in my notes. The citizens in Jesus' eternal kingdom don't just sort of cheat time and cheat age. If you follow Hollywood at all, you know that the people of Hollywood spend boku bucks on facelifts and all kinds of cosmetics And, you know, sometimes at 60 or 70 years of age, they look 40, and we all shake our heads and go, wow, they have cheated age and time. Well, I want to give you one better than that. The citizens of Jesus' kingdom eventually don't cheat age and time. They live above and beyond it. They never age. And by the way, you don't even have to go get a facelift. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. Yeah. We will live above and beyond time because Christ will reign forever and ever. This is an eternal kingdom. So those are the four things that Jesus, major messages that Jesus came to announce about his kingdom that he wants the entire world to know. So what about the culture of this kingdom? Jesus gives us three very important messages about the culture of this kingdom. And the first message about the culture of his kingdom is this. It will be a kingdom where his love reigns supreme. In fact, here's what the Bible says. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you what? Love one. What do you think might be the theme of that verse? Yeah, it's in there a bunch, isn't it? Here's what I want you to know. You know, as a pastor, I hear some of the same statements over and over and over again. And oftentimes when I invite people to to come and participate in the kingdom of Christ right here, they have had some really bad experience in some other church or with some other Christians. And they will say to me, you know, Pastor, I go to church. But my experience with churches is they're filled with hypocrites. Can I tell you how disappointing that is? Here's what I wrote in my notes. For those who have truly become followers of Christ and citizens of His kingdom, they eat, they breathe, and they sleep love. Why don't you write that down in your notes? They eat, they breathe, and they sleep love. In fact, It is the dominant factor in their lives. It is their identifying characteristic. It is the hallmark of their existence. In fact, Jesus said, it's going to be so dominant for the citizens of my kingdom that it's going to be the identifying characteristic that people will be able to see. They will say, 
That person has to be a Christian. Why? Because love dominates their life in a way I don't see in anybody else's life. And only Jesus brings that kind of love. The culture of Jesus' kingdom is a culture where His love reigns supreme. And it's what His people are most known for. By the way, if you could be a citizen of a kingdom where the dominant culture in the kingdom was love. Does that sound good? That's even better than Disneyland, right? Disneyland casts a spell of goodness, but not love. Because it all disappears the next day, and that's not how love works, right? Yeah. The second message that Jesus gives. My kingdom is a kingdom where my love motivates everyone to share the good news. Now, I want you to focus. Look at this verse. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. What did the Father send Jesus to the earth to announce? The good news of what? The kingdom. And Jesus looks at us after having given us the message of the good news of the kingdom and inviting us to become citizens of His kingdom where His love reigns supreme and, and, and where people are treated as they should be treated and they're valued and they're loved and they're cared for. And Jesus said, Now, I have announced that good news to you and I've invited you to become part of my kingdom. Now, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Friends, we have an announcement to make to our world. And the announcement is, good news, Jesus' kingdom is coming to earth. And we can be part of it. In fact, I've chosen to enroll ahead of time. I've taken advantage of that limited time offer in my life. Now, I know this about the human spirit. And that is, when we get excited about something we got to tell somebody. That's just how it works. Every once in a while, my phone will ring, and it'll be somebody from the church, and I can tell they're just bursting at the seams, and they can't get a hold of anybody else, so they call me. <laughs> right? Because they know the pastor will always like this, and then, and then they lay out some story that they're really excited about. And friends, I get really excited about that too, because I'm glad I get to hear that story. That's how human nature works. Now, the earliest followers of Jesus got it. Look at this verse. The believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. They were so excited about loving people. They were so excited about caring about people. They were so excited that Christ's kingdom was coming to earth and that they were already included in it. And, and, and I know this about love. When you love someone, you want them included, correct? And when you struggle to love someone, you would just assume that they belong to somebody else's family, right? Especially at this time of year. But when you love someone, you want them included. You do. We, we have a son and daughter-in-law and two grandkids that live in Honolulu. And it's rare when we get to celebrate Christmas with them. But I tell you, there's a little hole in my heart every Christmas because I love them. I want them included. And distance just doesn't make that possible. 
No one has to tell me you should want your kids with you at Christmas. No, it's natural. And friends, when we walk through our communities and we walk into Safeway and we walk into Kmart and we walk into the various establishments in our community and we rub shoulders with all sorts of people, i got to tell you that, that one of the things that produces an ache in my heart is that about 95% of the people in our community are com- either completely unaware of Christ's kingdom or no one has ever lived it out in their lives to the point that they would want to be part of it. Friends, we can do something about that. And in 2011, I pray that God gives us as a church the opportunity to make significant impact in this community for the kingdom of Christ. Doesn't that sound like a great thing? Absolutely. That people could be transformed. Yeah. So the love of Christ motivates everyone in His kingdom to share that good news. And then message number three. My kingdom is a kingdom where my love moves everyone to serve. Kevin did a great job last Sunday of, of talking to us about the fact that if, if uh, you know, in 12 to 15 years or 20, whatever it was, when some guy comes and asks him if he can take Maddie out and, and, and the guy won't pay for dinner and won't do anything, you know, Kevin, yeah, that guy doesn't love her. We all understand that there's no such thing as loving someone without serving them. But I want to take this to a, a, a higher level and nobler dimension. You see, when we love, we want to serve. But when someone we love is in a place of great need, we want to doubly serve them. Is that not true? Friends, if I got a phone call and my wife was stranded on the side of the road with a car that was broken down, There's something on the inside of me that says, I want to go now. I'll put the rest of the world on hold. I want to go now. Because someone I love, not only do I want to serve, but I want to doubly serve them when they're in need. And I tell you this, when we become a citizen of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, then we begin to look around us And we see people in need, and frankly, it won't make a whole lot of difference to us whether they come to church or don't come to church. Whether they're part of our family or not part of our family. Whether their skin is the same color as our skin or different. Whether they're the same gender as we are or they're different. Whether they're from the same economic class as we are or different. It won't make any difference. When we become a citizen of the kingdom of Jesus Christ and His love begins to reign supreme in our lives, then we get motivated to serve, and especially those who are in need. One more message. And here it is. Jesus says, My kingdom is a kingdom of choice. I hate to keep comparing the church to Disneyland, but I think you get the message. Anyone ever put a gun to your head and said, you will go to Disneyland or else? 
I'm threatening you. They need people like you in Disneyland. No. What makes Disneyland a great place is no one goes there unless they want to. Because there's something on the inside of us that knows that when we don't choose something, it cannot be love. And though Jesus is all-powerful and He could force His kingdom on everyone, in His love for us and His wisdom about us, Jesus has said, no, my kingdom will be a kingdom of choice. Now the great news is, the choice is available to everybody. You don't have to qualify for it, you just have to choose it. And that's the deal. In fact, look at what the Bible says. The one who is the true light, who would that be? That's Jesus. Who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This is the Christmas message, was coming into the world. He came into the very world He created, but the world didn't what? Was there a big celebration that night in Bethlehem? No, only just at the stable with a few people. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And then notice this, they are reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from where? That's the beginning of that transformation. If you wanted to wrap up the Christmas message in one sentence, here it is. Christ was born so you could be reborn. A couple nights ago, At a Christmas Eve service, we saw a video. It's powerful. I I want you to look at it again. I want to look at it again because I want all of us to be challenged by it. Take a look. Two thousand years ago, in the small town of Bethlehem, one silent night loudly proclaimed God's love for the entire world. For our all-powerful God came to earth in the form of a helpless child. And though many people had waited for His coming, few actually noticed this baby's arrival, so much so that there was no room for Him that night in the world which he had made. But still, he came. He who was divine became human. He traded in his heavenly seat for an earthly manger. He exchanged robes of splendor for swaddling clothes. He left the songs of a multitude of angels for the praises of a few humble shepherds. That night, though Jesus left his throne, he became our king. A king who came not to be served, but to serve. A king whose death 
would bring us life. A king whose single sacrifice would serve as the ransom for us all. So, it's the paradox of Christmas that calls you to respond. Though there are presents still waiting for you to receive, this season is truly about the gift that you have already been given. So now the choice is ours. As, as you just heard, this calls for a response. On uh, your Connect cards, if you would pull them out of your programs, on the back side there's a place for next steps, and I want to guide you through that. The first one is uh, about making a first-time choice to become a citizen of Christ's kingdom. If you've made the decision to become a Christian and you've made it years ago or even if you made it only weeks ago, you don't need to check that box. But if this morning you understand with clarity and for the first time you say, wow, I never understood that. Or maybe you did understand it before, but you were never motivated to step over the line and say, I make a deliberate choice to become part of Christ's kingdom. I will become a Christian today then check that box. There are other... It's actually a little circle. Or there, are, there are other choices underneath that. And one of them has to do with addressing some area of impurity in my life. Because nothing will block the love of Christ in your life and block you from sharing good news and serving other people like having some sin in your life you don't want to deal with. And you hang on to that sin and it just messes up your life. If God's speaking to you about some area of impurity in your life that He wants to deal with, then I want to encourage you to get on board and check that and say, okay, God, this week, you and I start working on that together. Another one is, I will, I will share the good news of God's kingdom with at least one person in this coming week. I would encourage you Begin praying. Say, God, bring somebody into my life that I can share this news. Or help me see people who are already in my life that you're giving me the opportunity in a natural way, not to twist their arm, not to sort of manufacture a conversation, but in the natural interchange of life to be able to announce that good news to them. And then last of all, I will serve three people in this coming week that I don't usually serve. doesn't work to say, oh yeah, I'll serve my wife and my kids. And Hopefully you're doing that already, all right? This is somebody that isn't in that list. I want to pray. Father, what a tremendous announcement you came and gave. And Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that we can be citizens of your kingdom and we're excited about not only serving you in this life, but living with you forever and being part of that kingdom where there is no sin and there is no sorrow and there's no death and there's no separation and there's no competition. There's no, none of the things that, that tend to make this earth an ugly place. We're excited that you have decided to reclaim earth and to give us a chance to be part of that. 
Guide us now by your spirit as we respond to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.